Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we chat about life and what's stumping us right now. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. On today's episode, we're talking about being entrepreneurs. We tell a story from one of the times where we really screwed up one of our science videos and from a time we took a meeting with a production company that was extremely awkward. Mitch sits down with his sister who actually wrote her PhD in how to run small businesses. And lastly, we have a debate about what it means to be an entrepreneur. Mitch, you know, he has prepared for this a lot more in his life, whereas I feel like I fell into it more, which has created a lot of tension in our relationship at work and in real life. So we get into how we feel about the fact that we are, in fact entrepreneurs i'm a tell them all i'm a tell them all uh, copyright infringement relax i never thought that i would be into charlie pooth but i am charlie I'm, pooth I'm officially that? officially a poother okay charlie pooth <laughs> well i've never heard of him until you obsessively started listening to him recently. his new album's really good but prior to that i mean most of it was a snooze fest but like there's this new song called boy it's so good yeah that song's good it, yeah that's a really good song it's a really good song it's like the beats that. are like a little off and the syncopation's a little uh unique <laughs> and greg can actually sing it because it like is actually too complicated so I'm like actually, just sitting in the corner like nailing it. And he's like, how did you do that? No, I'm actually just like, I'm just going to go for that three-part harmony and one. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't hit any of those. Yeah, but if you if I sing, I'm so good at harmonizing. <laughs> okay. Tell the world I am because you know I am. You're pretty good at harmonizing, actually. I don't know. Like, it's like natural. You're, you're good at like, I can Give tell me a you, note. Give me a note. Uh, uh, found okay, it. You found it. It took it took a little bit. Uh, give me another note. I'll find it. Uh, okay, that, that was a darkness. That was a dark tone. It was that was like tone. for the like part of the movie when the murder wow, was about to come. Greg, why aren't you the next Charlie Puth? Maybe because, because you've built a business called ASAP Science. <laughs> Today we're gonna talk about being an entrepreneur. Something I wish I never became. Greg, <laughs> what are you on today? Uh, oh life. god do you want me to start listing yeah, okay no xanax get over it <laughs> what is that? you've never taken xanax in your life that like puts you to sleep i thought xantac i don't know what we're talking about but we are talking about being entrepreneurs i feel like i'm so exhausted right now not all the time but it's <laughs> generally a symptom of being an entrepreneur i think and running your own business and so we're gonna get into that and like you know talk about like what we think about that <laughs> Okay, let's sing our Charlie Puth story times because okay. it's the story time. Story, story time, time, story time, story time, story time. Okay, <laughs> we actually have to record something because it sounds bad every time we do this. <laughs> oh, you mean like an actual jingle? Yeah, so that people aren't like, I have to. Uh, it's so bad. In okay. my head, that sounded good, but okay. All right. Um, where do we begin? Like being when like we started so long ago, but not that long ago, six years ago. It feels like so much longer than that. It feels like a lifetime, and it's weird to think that when we started YouTube, like to think that YouTube is our career, and that when we were in university, like ten years ago, it was 
barely just a thing. Yeah, I remember university just like loving Perez Hilton, the website, <laughs> not the person. And you used to go on, oh no, they didn't. Oh all no, the they time. didn't. I still go on it sometimes. Weird. Also, um, like what were the YouTube videos from like high school? Like like the Aisha, Aisha oh, yeah. passing me or like back. Numa, Numa. Or like even yeah. Smosh was pre YouTube when they had their like uh, Pokemon. Anthony Padilla, call me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, being an entrepreneur has been weird. It's been tough. Do you uh, do you think it's you actually don't think you're meant for it? No, I don't think I'm meant for it. I wanted to be a high school teacher. I love structure. I love being told what to do, executing it, then saying I was done, did a good job. But I've learned to appreciate the freedom. But I'm not built to be an entrepreneur. Sometimes okay, when so I hang like, out, what what's a story? I thought you were going to ask me about a story. I was. I want you to tell me a story about like I don't know what would be the best story to explain to someone about the the like trials and tribulations of us starting ASAP Science. The book, the book, and doing ASAP Science at the same time when it was just oh, us. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think because we when we yeah we had YouTube and at the beginning it was literally just dra- Greg and us. Drag. Oh, can I call you Drag? Um, and then. <laughs> Like, we obviously brought someone on, I think, within a year or two to help with social media. And at that time, we landed, like, a book deal. And it was so weird. It was so early on. We didn't really know what we were doing. But we loved the idea of translating, like, what the work we were doing into another format, into another medium. And It became a New York Times bestseller. Uh, yeah, but that's another thing where it's actually, like, it's not that it's so easy. But when you're a YouTuber and you have an audience, to be on the bestseller list, you only have to, like, hit a certain amount in the Yeah, because what actually happens is they go pre-sale, pre-sale, pre-sale. Yeah, everything that matters is pre-sale they say after your book comes out it's dead yeah they say the day Most your books. book comes out it's dead unless of course it's, <laughs> it's like, like a literal international bestseller yeah gray. but it's like so they're just like pre-sale 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 and all those pre-sales go towards your first week and they consider it your first week so all the books that we sold prior to it like the actual day it came out it came mm-hmm. out as the first they week as one, then it was yeah. a, like the number one selling book of that week because they add them all up mm-hmm. and so then most that, books do <laughs> like goodbye yeah if you have an audience like if you're an author who has an audience then it's easy to, to get, get on the week. list yeah. yeah but it was still i mean the process was exhausting do you remember how long it took us like it was years of our life and when you're when you're used to like making youtube videos every week and you get that instant gratification of writing an episode researching animating putting it out and just like getting feedback it was such a different world for us to just have to like take years and go through our publisher was actually really nice but we still went through like scrutiny of like reviews of what we were doing and putting things together and then having to work with like a designer and we needed to we wanted to draw in it so we were like i remember i watched like seasons of shows while drawing for the book like Mm -hmm. i just was like drawing all night i even remember doing work all day like we on new year's eve we were working on this and we were having a new year's eve party at our house. Yeah. So we're like, okay, we're going to have a New Year's Eve party because that was actually the deadline. Like, it was January 1st. Was, and we're insane people. And it we're was like, due January 1st. Obviously, they wouldn't have cared if we yeah. didn't submit it. <laughs> anyway, so like, we literally in, had a party at our house with the intention of like, you know, by 6 p.m., like by then for sure we'll be done. But on that day, we're like, we're not done our book. We have so much we still want to do. And so people start coming over. We had like ordered pizza for everyone. We had roommates to entertain. Yeah, we were just like, hey, everyone have fun. Like, start partying. Like, we'll be upstairs and we promise like we'll be back down so soon. Soon, and we're like working, working, working upstairs. I can't even remember like what aspects we were working on at the time. Just we were like, literally like finishing, like writing and giving notes about just like the, the whole designer. manuscript and the designer. Yeah, oh, okay. no, telling the designer like do exactly this here, where to go. Put this yeah, here. I remember having this weird notebook of like trying to design because it was someone was helping us to design, but we still had to help like get yeah, it we all. We were like, we want the, the drawing on this page, kind yeah. of thing. 
Um, but it was kind of cool to like come down to our party, be like, "Oh, sorry, I was just upstairs writing a book." Well, we only literally got to come down minutes before midnight, and it, it was like one of those real things where we actually were like, "We're done," and it's eleven. Oh, and I was like, "Does anyone have an IV drip of vodka?" Like <laughs> yeah, literally, like, it was like shots are not up. fast enough. <laughs> But yeah, that was such an example of us in our early days because we were so addicted to working. Oh, I would never do that now. No, now, I don't know if it's because we're older, if it's because we've been doing it for long enough, because we have a team now so we can have a more balanced life. But for the first, like, three to four years of ASAP Science, we did not. It was a shit show. We only worked, and in in not really a healthy way. Like, at the time, I was feeling good about it, but definitely to the detriment. Listen. (laughs) Greg and Mitch have a stressful ass job. And though, yeah, we all got stress, okay? 64% of Americans have stated that money and work is their biggest stress factor. But research has found that entrepreneurs have even more stress. Top stressors for entrepreneurs is one, role conflict or ambiguity. What that essentially means is there's no one really directing the way. There's no one telling you like, oh, you're doing a good job or oh, maybe don't focus on that. As an entrepreneur, you have to be the leader and the worker of your company. Then number two, job versus non-job conflict, AKA work-life balance, the elusive work-life balance, which becomes especially hard if you work with your partner. Number three, top stressor for entrepreneurs, desire for perfection in the product or service being produced. Like this is your baby. This is what you created. You want it to be good. Luckily, there's research that points on ways to coping with this stress, like improved social networks and entrepreneurial networks, Gaining experience, it gets easier as you go, you learn from your mistakes, and also changing your perspective on life as a whole. These coping behaviors aid in the reduction and fluctuation of entrepreneurial emotions. Well, we eventually figured out that it was not sustainable, and mm-hmm. that's when we started to hire people and create this office, which created like a different issue, which mm-hmm. is that like we are now... So, like it's so professional that sometimes like I think we miss the, the days freedom, of freedom right? of yeah. being able to like work all day and then take a yeah, whole and other kind of have, week like, these off creative yeah. bursts that like result in something amazing and then kind of like allow your brain to chill it's just like different yeah, yeah it's different but, but I also think it's like the early on too when it was just the two of us there was a lot of autonomy in what we were doing it was like if we screw up we screw up mm-hmm. and there was less like we just had each other to do the research and to make sure everything was right. It was so much work and it was scary. Like whenever we pressed upload, I think we were always pretty nervous. Yeah. Whereas now it's like it's been vetted through so yeah, many, many researchers. Have seen it, and yeah. it's kind of like okay, this is really like we're a lot more confident. Like remember when we made the Taylor Swift cover? Yeah. Like, what about it? Okay, so first of all. The song style by Taylor Swift at the time, <laughs> I really thought it was like butter to my ears. I thought it was such a great song. <laughs> I'm not really a huge Taylor Swift fan in general, but this song I thought was like impeccably done. Okay. And I was like, we're going to get on it. We're going to do a style cover because it's going to be the song of the summer. Was it not? It, I think it, I don't think it Did was. It, was it like a flop I song? I think it kind of like, it was like, it was a song for a lot of like the niche gays or okay. whatever, but, but it, it wasn't, wasn't a song like of the summer. Because then she like put out, I don't know, like the one where she beats the car up, like the like. Oh, yeah. And it was, that was the song. Of the okay. Song. It was Is like the it, Starbucks one. Or Gotta the one where. the Starbucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, but that's And I'll write your name. Yeah, that one. Okay. Oh, was that a harmony? Anyway. Um, no, that was a melody. <laughs> so we did so much work. We recorded it. We wrote it. We 
filmed the video. It was like, I don't know, two years, two years, two years. <laughs> we spent two years on one music video. <laughs> two weeks of solid work. I remember it was like a Sunday that we had committed to like finally going to the park with our friends, having some drinks, smoking some joints. And also we were on, at the time, YouTube had put us on like TTC buses and like TTC. Oh yeah, on, that was fun. Like, yeah, we were like on subways and, and streetcars. Street and yeah. I remember thinking like, ooh, we're going to have like an afternoon with our friends. We're going to walk down College Street. I'll say us. Like, I remember <laughs> just thinking like, this is going to be such a great afternoon because we're going to be done. So we upload the video and the very first line was sunlight, right? It yeah. takes eight, eight seconds just to reach your eyes. And it is an extremely known, fun, hashtag grade eight, like science fact that light takes eight minutes to get from the sun uh, to your eyes. And this was after two weeks of making two a weeks video. Of like, and watching it over and over, like, is it okay? It. Is it okay? And it was like, we didn't say minutes. We said seconds. Well, what, like, to be, like, fair, like, we wrote, I said it wrong. I It was written correct. And when I recorded it is where, oh. it, where the mistake happened. And it just, like, we never thought about it from that point on because we had written it properly and then I think part of the whole thing with getting a team being helpful you know what I mean right because like, someone would have like, been like what because the second it went on no pun intended YouTube every comment was like, like you're an idiot this is like the <laughs> science channel on YouTube and like this is a grade seven fact and the first lyric of your song <laughs> yeah oh yeah that's true it was it literally is the first lyric and we well, the the weird thing, too, is it was like one of those things, you know, when you write an essay for an English class and you read it like a bajillion times mm -hmm. before you hand it in, then you hand it in you and then they, to then they it. start being like, you wrote there three times in a row. And you're yeah. like, wait, what? Because you like just your have, brain yeah. is able to like you're not concentrating on the lyrics anymore. I think I'm just being defensive. It was a ridiculous mistake. But we had we took it down. It was a big learning experience. We recorded yeah. it, re-uploaded it. It was insane. We did it so quickly. And we did it in this amazing way where we, it made us realize how fast we can do things. <laughs> You know, it took us to. two weeks to make it and then we were like had to yeah we just and because we were like it. we need to get to the park with our friends <laughs> and we did and we did didn't we, we did we but did it, didn't we it reminded me of like a struggle that i'm sure lots of entrepreneurs go through where like you're right it comes down to, to you. you it was just no us yeah and everyone who was commenting was like you guys what are you doing like this is obviously wrong it was a scary moment for us obviously we took it down we, we uploaded and fixed it and we moved on and no one really cared at the end of the day because it was fixed but I think, yeah, what does that kind of stuff make you feel? Like? It just makes, it makes, I'm glad we, it makes, it reminds me of why I'm happy we have a team. Like, because sometimes True. I get exhausted by having a team because I know they're probably yeah. listening to this, but not to by them every, as people. Yeah, but yeah. it's just like, it's a lot I don't like managing people. Yeah, I like spending time doing those things, but eventually you realize great minds think mm -hmm. together better. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's a whole network of people. And that's been a huge growing. Honestly, it's why our channel's so the much best better. thing that has ever happened to us. Anyone listening that wants to be an entrepreneur, like obviously it comes down to like how much money your business can make and if you can afford employees. But a lot, a huge step for us wasn't because we couldn't afford it. We were just so scared to let go of uh, the sole control uh, yeah, of it. Yeah. And of course, at the beginning, it's a little harder because you have to read, like you have to train somebody, get them to come in and understand what you care about, the nuances of everything you love. But now looking back you're like, less likely to say seconds over minutes exactly yeah. and you're more likely to have a balanced view of your business of your life and just like move forward and expand it allowed us to do so many more things by bringing people on whenever mitch and i are asked to do talks and you know like speak to people about how we built asap science we always like to make a point that we feel like a big portion of it and our ability to start it came with the privilege that we have. And when you look at studies and you look at science, being an entrepreneur often does come with a lot of privilege. Entrepreneurs are disproportionately white, 
male and highly educated. And when they actually study these white males, they find that when they were growing up, they were more likely to engage in skipping class, smoking pot, gambling, and shoplifting. Okay, so if I try and think of myself in that category, I hate gambling. I barely skipped class. I was a little bit of a goody-goody. I was a class clown, but I like to be there, you know, to crack the jokes. I used to steal muffins from the cafeteria in my university and know who loves pot? This guy. I'm pointing at myself with two thumbs right now. It usually costs about $30,000 to start a startup, and it's usually wealthy people relying on their families for these funds. That was a little bit different for us in that all we really needed to start was whiteboard markers, a whiteboard, a camera, and an editing software. So we didn't rely on that type of money, but it makes sense. If you want to start a business, you usually need money. So for a society that shows a lot of pride for entrepreneurs, you know, like if someone says, "Uh, actually, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, immediately you're in your head, you're like, that person sounds pretty cool. (laughs) But there's actually a lot of privilege involved. In fact, women own only 5% of startups, only 7% of partners at the top 100 venture capital firms are women, and women hold only 11% of the executive positions in Silicon Valley. According to M&A and Venture Capital Database Pitchbook, those words don't mean much to me either, but they just studied how people spend their money, like venture capitalists. Venture capitalists last year invested $1.46 billion in women-led companies, while male-led companies earned $58.2 billion in investments. If you look at Silicon Valley, the new economic hub of the world, there is a huge gender issue. But this issue is counterintuitive to the success of these companies because according to a McKinsey report, companies in the top quartile for gender diversity are 15% more likely to outperform above average financially within their industry. It's been seen again and again with studies in science. If you have a diverse group of people running a company, it will do better. So yes, we felt like we had a lot of privilege in our lives in order to start our company. And when you look at the science, it's true. Being an entrepreneur comes with privilege. That's an important thing to remember because, as we said earlier, in our society, we really do respect and show a lot of pride for people who are entrepreneurs. Wait, one more story before we go we should talk about the other weird thing about being an entrepreneur Not before that... we go before our next segment oh before our next segment but another weird thing about being an entrepreneur is that there's no path no one's telling you what to do you need to make mm. those decisions on your own which is exhausting so every time an opportunity comes you have to be like is this worth it is it not as opposed mm. to having someone just tell you and i remember we were i'm just thinking like the amount of weird meetings we've oh had or that we've taken God. both some that like were official and some that we thought might be official and then you're like this person just like emailed me out of the blue why did i trust that they were like legitimate because <laughs> the beginning you have no idea and people you, are whack and and i started to realize like anyone can write make an email address that sounds official give themselves an official title and be like we're so interested in working together can you please tell us all these things and then we'll set up a meeting and whatever we'll just take half an hour every time and like but and that's so much of like what this industry is it's like taking meetings with people and then you go and you're like i'm bored you're bored but we're still going to continue to talk about this like generic thing i guess you do it because every now and then you get something happens there's fireworks (laughs) you vibe you vibe literally in this industry people will be like i don't know just take the meeting and see if you vibe i'm like <laughs> see if no. we vibe <laughs> i've never vibed in my life 
Uh, it's so messy. But we're, okay, the one thing was just I remember we took a meeting in Toronto. We're not gonna name names. We're not gonna throw the shade to the names. <laughs> but we've isolated the city so you could start yeah. to figure out who it is. <laughs> but it was like a big, I guess, like company that was like a production company trying to think of like a TV Isolating show with further. us. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, they're gonna, like uh, 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 there's only so many. But it was all men. Right in yeah, like, this boardroom, we got uh, yeah. We were taken into a room, and and something we often say is like, well, honestly, so many meetings are all men, and it just like puts us off. It's like, why is why did you just literally the only woman I saw at that meeting? I remember yes, gave us, get water. us water. They're like, go get water for them. And, and it's, it's like, also just like every time we've had a meeting with women, there's like it's an industry about. Like empathy and conversation, yeah, and being it's able like, to have a great conversation yeah, and communication, and, and that is happens for us for sure with women. Yeah, so, or what, I mean, it can happen with men who are like like smart. <laughs> yeah, well, but how so many of those often, exist? Okay, fair. <laughs> Anyways, we go into this meeting. It's like twelve men. I don't know. We're shooting the shit. We're obviously and so like awkward. And men too. Like yeah. we're we're like gay men, and we're like a little uncomfortable in this environment because we're not corporate people. We're just like nerdy. We're also like, gay why guys. are we here? We know that we should be here because this is like a big deal. But also, we're like, why are we here? Like there was no definitive <laughs> right. reason. It was kind of like, like shoot the shit vibe. And, yeah, vibe. And this like the head guy came in with a football. No, and I remember. They this. started to be like, because like it was like a Friday afternoon. They were like, "Yo, what are we doing?" So we get, and they started throwing the football, like with us like, sitting at this table, just being like, "My head was just please following. don't throw that football at me." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, if you throw that at me, I'm gonna swat it into your face because <laughs> <laughs> I have good hand-eye coordination." Okay. But- it also honestly felt like they were trying to impress impress us. us. I was like, "Did you not do your research? We're not going to be impressed and, yeah, by a football, not, that, not because we're gay." First of all, it I, know, I was going to say that, but I took it But kind of, no, but we we are not. That's not our like. If you know anything about us and the things we care about and the yeah. things we talk about on our channel, like not that we don't care about sports at all, but like it was just such a misread of who we were in a room, which is why I think like. Yeah, when we have conversations with women, it's like they're able to read, like, who are you? Like, how should I communicate with you? What kind of things do you care about? They were just totally missing the point, acting so broy, throwing this around, and, like, trying to impress us by being, Yeah, like, it felt like a show. Yeah. So if you want to work with us, stack the room. What do they always say? Like, they stack the room. Stack the just room like, with get women. get a good mix of people. Don't bring a football. Bring what? Bring what? Bring what? Bring I don't know, like, a, a nice personality. Be a nice happy. Album. Be, yeah. be, like, kind. And just, like, that's how we'll vibe. When and we can get our own water. Yeah, truly. I can go to the tap. Or you. it was, like, if there's a refrigerator there, I can just And it go better not be it. bottled. Okay. Because yeah. this guy's an environmentalist. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, uh, I mean. Uh, I definitely feel like we have so much to talk about. We, well, we'll debate, like, the impact that being an entrepreneur has had on us, on our relationship. Uh, we have. But first, we have a cool segment coming up that's going to dive into like another entrepreneur's mind it'll be definitely really interesting for all of you who are interested in being entrepreneurs or starting on business or just you know creating things so stick around for that and we'll be right back So I had the chance to sit down with Dr. Kimberly Moffitt, who is a relationship educator and therapy entrepreneur, who just happens to be my big sister as well, who I've learned honestly so much from. Not only is she a YouTuber who has more than 600,000 followers on her channel called Ask Kimberly, where she shares psychology tricks, self-confidence, and relationship advice, but she actually started her own business, KMA Therapy, 10 years ago, which is now one of Canada's largest therapy practices with four locations in Toronto. She has a doctoral degree in counseling psychology from Middlesex University, where she researched the emotional psychology of entrepreneurs. How perfect for this podcast. So I was really excited to sit down with her and pick her brain about what it means to be an entrepreneur. 
Hi, Kim. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you so much for coming. I feel like we have a lot that we can relate on and talk about, about oh, being yes. an entrepreneur because I feel like of everyone I know in my life, you have the most experience, not only because you've done it yourself, but you've also researched it, which we're going to get to <laughs> later. But first, I just want to start asking about like, why? Are you crazy? Are we <laughs> both think, crazy? I think the short answer is like, we're not actually crazy. <laughs> like 15% of the population are entrepreneurs like yeah, that's a that's huge crazy. amount of people i know like ha- i never i honestly would have thought it was maybe like one percent or <laughs> yeah. something so small but i'm like 15 percent is bigger than probably a lot of careers that are even out Absolutely. there you know? i think like for us you and i it kind of runs in our family because like yeah. our dad was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and then like i mean for me i didn't really have like the intent to be an entrepreneur but when I got out of school, I got out of my master's and I thought, you know, I can't really see myself like working in this kind of traditional hospital environment. Like right. for me, the most natural thing to do, like it just was like, OK, I, I've got to do my own thing. And so that's really how it all started. But I wonder if every entrepreneur kind of thinks that where they're like, oh, I'm not I'm not trying to be an entrepreneur. It's just the thing I'm doing that's turning into this yeah, business, I think know? in a lot of cases it is, right? Because mm-hmm. like I feel like for me, and I don't know if you knew this about me, but it was like I really didn't know how much I loved business and how capable I actually ended up being at it until mm-hmm. I was doing it. Like coming through school, I mean, most of us learn a trade. And for me, my trade was therapy. And yeah. for you, your trade was science. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and become a practitioner. I never really it never really clicked to me that I might be good at business until I started. And I was like, Oh, this is a great idea. Like let's grow it and let's learn more about it and read some books. And, and that's kind of how it all started for me was like, was like, how can I not do this now that I know all about it? (laughs) I'm trying to figure out, is there something genetic? Is there personality traits that like you think you have and I have that other entrepreneurs have that define them in a way I'm thinking for the people listening who are like, could I be an entrepreneur? Like, what do you think? tell someone that they are well there's certain things that have been researched so definitely we know that entrepreneurs like people who end up starting out on their own have more autonomy so they're a lot more likely to just be do things independently without really sometimes even thinking about those things at first or doing too much research and talking themselves out of it they just kind of go for it so Mm -hmm. if you have that kind of personality you might be a good candidate because you're just you're just willing to go for it yeah you're just like i have to do this thing yes i don't care what (laughs) nothing's gonna stop me i'm gonna at least try exactly risk propensity is another one so if you are the type of person who doesn't like to, you know, invest riskily or like mm-hmm. or do things that involve a lot of risk, then you're I mean, that's something that would be a major problem for you right. as an entrepreneur. So if you're the type of person who enjoys a little bit of risk, I mean, I do. I'm, I'm fine with like a, a bit of risk in my life. Yeah. And so I think that worked for me. Uh, but some people really hate that. So I think that's another that's quality. Funny, I, don't, have. I don't feel like I'm super. It depends. Like I, in <laughs> general, I think I'm sort of like conservative in terms of risk like when it comes to money or those kind of things like I don't want to like I don't want to lose my money so I'm not going (laughs) to like risk that but I think when it comes to the right thing it's just like I don't really like the risk feels like not a risk if you know what I mean like suddenly I have an idea and I'm like I don't care if I waste like three weeks doing this thing that falls apart because I actually just think it's so cool and I'm gonna it's that's gonna motivate me and so it's less like oh I don't I, the risk is there and it thrills me for me it's more like it doesn't feel like a risk anymore when yeah. I have that motivation do and you feel the a, same well, way yeah absolutely and I think like the third aspect is creativity so a lot of entrepreneurs have that creativity and they have ideas and 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 there's an excitement factor so I think that can kind of outweigh the negatives of the risk when okay. you have something that you're so excited about you're like yes this can work right, yeah it almost like it almost takes away from that negative side of things where you're kind of living in anxiety and fear yeah. that the risk isn't <laughs> yeah. gonna work out in a way you almost have 
have to have so much self-belief and so much um, like just so much conviction in what you're doing that you have to be willing to just do it and and believe in yourself because otherwise if you knew the reality of the situation if you knew that you that chances are you're not going to be successful i think a lot less people would do it there's not really a guided path that's why i want to get into yes. how you built your business yes. and how like just because it's such a weird thing even for us we've been like how, we don't know what people often asked like what's your 10-year plan and i'm like I've, youtube didn't even exist <laughs> 10 years ago how can i possibly know my 10-year plan exactly you're probably a bit better at that i feel like you are a planner is that true a bit like, like so you, you kind of know the business mechanisms i think to like mark your ideas down and have your specific goals i think we're a little more just like well we'll fly by the seat <laughs> of our pants you know i'm a little bit of both like it's i think it's good to have long-term goals but in the entrepreneurial in the entrepreneurial scene you can't be too long-term because things you have to be open to change and entrepreneurs are known to be kind of open as well mm. so you know with technology things are changing every day and so if you're you know, convinced that you have to have your business a certain way. So for example, my business is a brick and mortar business, like mm -hmm. the, the therapy practice. So it's like, if I don't become attuned to new technologies and how right. that might shape the industry, I'm going to lose out or I'm right. going to fail. Like you have to be able to switch on a dime even if something new is coming your way. Exactly. And yeah, and yeah be open to change because I think a lot of people get really stuck in their ways. Like a lot of older entrepreneurs are like, I don't want to change. It's mm -hmm. been this way for so many years. It's like, right. no, like <laughs> things change and you have to be willing to adapt your business to whatever's going on in the market. For us, for Greg and I, it was a hard moment to start hiring people because it's scary. But also for us, we were giving work that we should do to other people for the first yes. time it's always scary because as an entrepreneur you have the best interest in your business mm -hmm. you know you're going to do the best job like you will never let a client go unhappy right. but when you start entrusting tasks to other people you never know that they're going to handle it the same way as you which is mm -hmm. why hr and like hiring the right people is so important but i think like for every entrepreneur it can be disappointing when you realize like not everyone has the same intentions as you yeah. and there are a lot of people out there who just can't do the job so mm -hmm. i think it's really important to to really take your time and get the right people. I've learned as an entrepreneur over the years that that um, employees and people that work for you do the best when they're incentivized. Like if you mm -hmm. give them something to look forward to and you and you really not only appreciate them because that's mm -hmm. the most important thing right. for uh, for employees to feel is appreciated, right? Yeah. To know that you really care and that you uh, you know that you uh, love what they do. But secondly, if they have some kind of a reward or something that they get when the business is successful, then you all win. Right. And so I make sure with each each person to kind of identify like what our targets are and make sure I give rewards to people because it feels so good. Right. Um, to, that, to know that you're like being acknowledged. Yeah. And, and that they're part hard. of that success, yeah, yeah, you know, so it's not just about like you. Succeeding. How did you learn this, Kim? <laughs> like, did you just read books? Did you go to courses? Do you feel like it was just instinct for you to like, oh my God. understand how to do that? with? Oh, your, my God. No, it was not instinct. <laughs> okay, no, this all came like, from over books. Time, you're just like reading and being like, okay, I need to start implementing these kind of things. Yeah. Okay. And there are so many entrepreneurial books out there. So the first one I ever read, I, I mean, this was was probably Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. And it wasn't even an entrepreneurial book. It's more a book about income okay. and passive income. So the concept of passive income is essentially like you being able to make money while you sleep or right. from people who are doing work on your behalf. Okay. And so it's kind of like if you're a therapist or if you're a plumber or an electrician or, or a doctor, if you get sick and you, or if you need to take a leave of some kind, you're going to lose all your income, right? right? Because yeah. you're not going to be able to work. Mm -hmm. So the idea of passive income is having people who are capable enough to do that job for you so that you can take a break every once right. in a while. Mm -hmm. And I loved this idea. I was like, ooh, this is so <laughs> I cool. I love making money when I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I know, I was so excited about it. So that's what it, that's what really enticed me to hire my first two associates because I was like, yeah. I can't do this work forever by right. myself. Yeah. Like, I need a little support. And mm -hmm. and wouldn't it be great if I could take, you know, in, in, 
in a self-employed role to take a maternity leave. Oh mm-hmm. my God, wouldn't that be great, right? right? In, a, in a situation where you normally wouldn't get that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so that's what really kind of enticed me. That, that book, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I think would be a great read for okay. any young entrepreneur. But The E-Myth by Michael Gerber is really oh, good yeah, as you well. Yeah, ta- you and dad told me to read that, which I did. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we so, can talk about that. It's a yeah. good book, yeah. Like what how, What do you think that book inspired in you? You know, I think the book is, I mean, it's a real, it's a dose of reality. I think when I first, yeah. when my dad, when dad first recommended that I read it, I was like, oh my God, this is so depressing. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. I think it, it lays it all out. What, I, why it, do you think it was depressing? Explain that. Well, it was basically saying like, you aren't going to be successful. <laughs> like, it, I mean, it's really like, it's, it's very grave and realistic. Right. And I think that's a good, it's a good it's dose also, of reality. It's also like, I don't know if it's outdated. It's older. Something that I found depressing about it not depressing, but it's very like you realize that businesses that are hyper successful are almost like not cookie cutter, but yeah. so <laughs> down. Systemized. Yeah, so systemized. And when you're trying trying to come from like a creative standpoint, yeah. like what we do is like we make videos. Like even you, you're mm-hmm. a YouTuber. You're building a business out of that as well. But when it's from the creative side, it feels almost like icky to be like, systemized about <laughs> See, everything. I don't feel that. Maybe, yeah, that's just like my end. I was always like, I don't want to like force something. I'd rather yeah. like just like experiment with it and play from thing to thing instead of being like, cool, here's the chain of reaction and I can just put anyone in these roles. Fine. Yeah, right? I understand that. But, but it the still thing is, shows like, you the way that, yeah, it makes sense to be yeah. successful and to be replicatable and expandable. You really have to do that because like the business is never going to be just you. Mm-hmm. And I think like the, the book E-Myth really focuses on developing systems for your business. And it, and it's really good for people who want to start something like a franchise and get something like really cookie cutter mm-hmm. to be able to re- replicate over and over again. But it's also really good for businesses like mine uh, that might not be cookie cutter, that might be original, but to be able to have everything documented so mm-hmm. you know exactly who's doing what and the way the processes work so when people come in to work for you they know exactly what they're going to be doing they get a hand hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com book and they're like yeah. oh like, like this i can is... at least follow this and know mm-hmm. where to start yeah so it's i think it makes things really like it helps you make things really clear for your employees so that they know what to expect and they can have a good working environment <laughs> i laughing because greg and i do not have that and all any of our employees listening are probably <laughs> like yep we're making it up as we go <laughs> that's just the way it works at asap science but oh my goodness yeah i feel like you definitely have much more of a systematic brain like not that i don't have a systematic brain but i think maybe we just have had a hard time accepting that we are entrepreneurs. Like yeah. we want to be the creative force behind it. It's hard for us to step into like the business aspect. But I of think it you sometimes. can do it. You're right. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't think I'm systematic at all either. I think I just learned it from books and I right. was like, You're okay, like, if I want to be successful, yeah. like, and then after implementing those changes, realizing how positive they were for the business mm-hmm. and like how everyone liked it and how we were able to. So now, you know, when we implemented those systematic changes, I had one location and this summer we're opening our fourth. So it's kind of like, crazy. because we had those systems, right. we were it's able possible. to build on what we had and know exactly how to expand the business and grow it. What were your biggest 
challenges and roadblocks like that you think you face, but maybe that other people kind of face as well in a broader sense of being an entrepreneur? Oh my gosh. Well, the first roadblock was definitely myself, <laughs> my okay. emotions. Yeah. Because I'm, I think I'm naturally a very sensitive person. I care a lot me about too. other people. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. I'm like, oh, God, they hate me. No. Yeah. You know, and I care about other people and I, I care what other people think about me, which mm-hmm. is probably not so good. But I want to, you know, I want to have a good reputation mm-hmm. and I'm hardworking. And and so I think, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's really funny because I always joke like it's never about you. Like people will quit in the worst ways right. and they'll, people will write the nastiest reviews on your <laughs> business and like and say the most terrible things. Mm-hmm. And like there's there'll be backstabbing competitors that try to take you out and like <laughs> you know and it, and it's so com- like I mean it's so competitive but it's right. ruthless yeah any business and I think you really have to be prepared to get that like get over that sensitive sensitive right. side of yourself and say you know this is business and if I want to win at this I have to be really tough right and be able to withstand all anything that gets thrown at me kind of thing exactly it Probably is so helpful that you are like a therapist like, to be <laughs> well, able to like deal, like have tools to well, also deal with the mental strife that an entrepreneur goes through. Well, yes, but Not I also that, had a therapist. I've had oh, a therapist true, yeah. this entire oh, time. Fair, I'm like, yeah. I need to talk. Yeah, yeah. No, I think every entrepreneur needs a therapist to yes. talk through because there's so many things. Like, do you think then, yeah, the emotional ter- is that a thing you would say you go through emotional turmoil of being Always. an entrepreneur? Yeah. Always. That it's something that's consistent among all entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so emotional intensity. But the good thing about entrepreneurship is that this does get better over time. So okay. there's a yeah, lot. Yeah. So is this is this going into your research a bit? Like, yeah. do you want to talk about that? Because you studied the emotional. What was it? The emotional psychology of being an entrepreneur exactly. is what your PhD was on, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that. What? Tell me about myself. What don't I know? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So all entrepreneurs um, experience emotional intensity at the beginning of their venture, and uh-huh. so specifically in the first five years, because I always like to call entrepreneurship like a giant therapy session where you learn everything you're terrible at, <laughs> like in the fastest period yeah. of time. Okay. Because you're really forced to, to be in all roles. Like to do you're everything. In, yeah. You're in HR. You're yep. in cleaning. You're the cleaning staff. Mm-hmm. You're the person who might be answering the phone or yep. answering emails or who's marketing your business as yep. well. So you're really doing everything. And you know when you're not successful in one of those areas, it's like, oh damn, right. like I'm it's not hard. very you good know, at that. You know it right away. Yeah. Y- yeah. It's like a mirror. It's like mm-hmm. you're. It's telling you this is what you need help on. Mm-hmm. And so you're really faced to force some of those person. And even if it's like, oh, I can't. Ha- I can't set boundaries with people, or I can't have tough conversations, or I can't let go of this talk employee mm-hmm. yeah. you know you really need to, to ask yourself okay like I'm gonna have to get over this and right. learn how to face up to those people or those demons in myself mm-hmm. to be able to have a successful business right. do you think it's normal to be a perfectionist yes you're, yeah okay like because this is something that I struggle with and it's also part of the problem of like um, you know giving things to other people to do because if you're a perfectionist you also want to like protect it and think that you like it's narcissism, <laughs> right? You think you're the only person that can do it. I'm asking for help, Kim. How do oh I stop God. this? Oh my God. No, Mitch, I'm the same way. It's actually funny because like with, with the KMA business, with the therapy business, I'm a little bit better. But with my YouTube channel, I'm so specific still about the way I want. And when right, someone like the else does tiny it. tiny little edits, right? You're like, yeah, but two more frames, please. I know. It's like I'll always get the final digital file and then I'll still like edit it for like two hours after because I'm like right. such a perfectionist. So yeah. there are certain things I think you're entitled to. And maybe the, you know, those things are your personal touch that really make something like 
like just sparkle. And I think that's fine. But at a certain point, I think, you know, there's a there's a difference between being too perfectionistic to right. the point where it's unproductive. It's like holding, holding back your business, right? Exactly. What do you think are the greatest obstacles for long-term entrepreneurs? And mm-hmm. what can they do to just mentally prepare for it? Because I don't think you can stop those obstacles necessarily. I mean, in my doctoral research, I found that a few different coping me- mechanisms were helpful for entrepreneurs. Like, so the really successful ones had like certain things in place that they did that helped them survive so that they could continue being successful. So the first thing was networking and getting mentorship. So like because you don't really have an ally when you're at the top of your company, you can't go to your employees as peers, right? right? You have to really talk to someone who's on your level, who understands like the crisis that you're in sometimes. So getting a mentor who's maybe more experienced than you or just going to like other entrepreneurship groups mm. is amazing, right? right? Like you have, you really feel Being that kinship. Who, like are experiencing the same thing, basically. Exactly. I mean, because entrepreneurship is isolating. Like you are totally alone. You feel like you don't have anyone to, even your partner might not understand what you're mm. going through. So you need those people to talk to. That's number one. Number two is um, uh, that it the experience gets better over time. So it's kind of like we call it experiential learning in therapy, where it's like the more you go through it, the easier it gets. Hmm. So that's why an entrepreneur in year five to ten is going to be able to handle situations better than an entrepreneur in year one to right. five. Just because you know what to do or you're not afraid of it now because you've gone through it before. Yeah, it's less foreign to you, right? Mm. So when things first happen, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I mean... As you kind of go through that over and over and over again, year after year, you're like, okay, every time I've ever handled a crisis, it's worked out okay. And I can Mm -hmm. talk myself out of it. And I know I handle things really well. So it kind of, you believe in yourself a little bit more. And probably you face certain challenges that are similar to what you've already gone through. So that's another thing that's like super, super helpful. Uh, But the other thing, like there's a couple other things. Self-care is really important. Being able to take care of yourself, see a therapist, talk to someone and and get enough rest, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is like important as well. It's hard because when it's everything on to you, it's like uh, in your resting, you're like, I'm not taking care of the things I should be, right? Like it's difficult to take breaks. Even when we go on vacation, it takes me like three days to even get into vacation mode. (laughs) Because you're like still, especially with the internet, right? It's really hard when you can be connected, right? Well, yeah, exactly. So it's it's really important to do that unplugging and really look after yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing, which is actually really funny, um, a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people in that situation actually find some kind of existential meaning or they go through an existential crisis. They start reading existential books where really they start understanding the meaning of life. Oh my God. It okay. I'm not there weird. yet. <laughs> no, no, but I think maybe, maybe I you have. Yeah, or it, maybe. It's almost like you realize like how insignificant certain things are. And mm. you're like, you know what? At the end of the day, we're all going to die. Yeah. And like, this is not that important. You're right. And then it takes away some of the stress. You mean? Because you're just yeah, like, cause you're like it's why really... do I have to, I don't have to care so much. Yeah. Yeah. Because like in your mind, it's like the biggest thing mm-hmm. in the world and you're going to die. And like, right. it's so stressful. But then when you really peel it back and you say, you know, a lot of people go through hardship and a lot of people have it a lot worse than I it's mm-hmm. it kind of like being able to put things in perspective is right. one of the most helpful tools for yeah. entrepreneurs life is so short like you have to go for what you love and really just dive in and try yeah. not to worry too much about what's going to happen and it's of course it's great to be responsible and I love that side of things too but if you don't love what you do and if you don't feel that passion then it's not all worth it in the end. Right. And so I'm really happy that I chose something that I am really passionate about. Okay, Kim, thank you so <laughs> thank much you for so coming much. and educating us and Thanks making us feel me. good. Hopefully everyone else has learned so much. If they want to follow you or learn more about you, what, where can we find out about you? Where can we follow you? Yeah, well, my handle is at Kimberly Moffat and my channel is Ask Kimberly. It's all about relationships. Yes. And my business uh, here in Toronto is KMA Therapy. So we do like psychology and counseling and marriage therapy and 
psychotherapy and all those good things. Amazing. Okay, we'll put links to all Kim's stuff in the description of our podcast. And otherwise, thank you so much for coming, Kim. Thank you for having me. Okay. Uh, let's debate. Gregory, I feel is like being an entrepreneur <laughs> a good thing? No. What? No. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, when it comes to this debate, I kind of thought, oh, we're going to be on the same page. But then I started really thinking about it. I'm like, maybe not because I don't. Okay. <laughs> there you go. with this. I obviously <laughs> love the freedom to like go to the gym in the afternoon, par example, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, like I don't get very many migraines anymore because I feel like I get great night sleeps because I don't have to like... St- I don't get as stressed at night. Well, which is interesting because a lot of entre- entrepreneurs would say like you don't. Well, I think the beginning we didn't and now we've built a team so we can have a normal life. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just saying like this is my experience of being an entrepreneur is freedom. It really right. is like a lot yeah. of freedom, like away from the confines of nine to five, which is what I ass- assumed my life would be. Actually, I assume my life would be a teacher, mm-hmm. which is more like nine to five slash six to nine. Like, like you have to more, work. Yeah, yeah. Summer's off. Like, <laughs> Like, I just never thought I'd have this freedom, and it actually gives me so much anxiety, and to this day, it's just, like, a huge part That's of That's so funny. I shoe. honestly feel like that might be, like, a core essence difference between us. Like, I'm trying to now think, like, okay, therapy this out, because I am the opposite, and I've always known I need that freedom. Like, the yeah. idea, and I've done a couple nine-to-fives in my life growing up, and, like, went insane doing them. Like, eventually, like, I can do it, but then you're just, like... I'm bored. Like I need something else that gives me the flexibility to do whatever I want. If I feel inspired to just like burst of energy could work for 24 hours straight and then could take days off and crash. Like even now that's one of the struggles for me that we run a business that has like many people working in it that there's like a schedule and sometimes I'm like, I feel a little bit trapped by that schedule, but also obviously I understand schedules help like get things done and maybe I'd actually be less efficient if i didn't have the scheduling but that's when it's it, it got it's crazy it's a whirlwind it, this all got so out of control like out of hand, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, like honestly like many people think oh you're so controlled because you hired a team and you built a company but in my head i see it as like a whirlwind out of control because now there's all of these things that people think i'm supposed to control <laughs> but all i really feel of them is like that like i'm not in any control of them and i'm literally just like shit is like hitting the fo- wall and I'm seeing what sticks. Is that a thing? I mean, shit's I don't hitting the feel fan, like that. That's for sure. But. I don't think shit's hitting the fan. Do you really think that? I, like, I no, think that's I a, a really cynical view. And the other view is that we have a lot of opportunity and we're super lucky. And yes, it's stressful because sometimes it's hard to say no to lots of things or to like really focus. Like it, but you're better at that. Well, I'm not. I think I get really... I'm, I'm definitely worse at saying no. Like, I have a really hard time closing my options and, like, having that ability... Or making to a decision, make, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, when there's many things to decide and or an opportunity that comes that I'm, like, not sure about, I don't want to say no. I want to be like, oh, maybe there's a way to make this work. And I waste so many hours yeah, in my day true. just debating but what does that have to do with being an entrepreneur because you have to make those decisions see that's true you do have to as an entrepreneur make way more decisions of course it's a different kind of mental exhaustion that when we go home like our work never ends and i know we get we get vacation like we could take a vacation right now we could leave for a month if we wanted to and yes, but then it's like sort of not. It's like sort of like when go, you come back, yeah. you have a month of work to catch up. But also, up on. we did so much work on our staycation because it yeah. was like, well, actually, we have. And you're to. connected, like we, especially because we live in the digital world. Like 
we're getting emails all out. the time. <laughs> well, I, I actually had to do this recently. I turn off every notification on my phone except text messages and WhatsApp. So that's because I don't get any tweets, any Instagram because or of ASAP any science emails because of ASAP science, because yeah. literally every second of my day was consumed by my phone telling me when to pay attention to things. And I, I don't know if I read a book or watched a video or something that kind of inspired me to be like, no, I want to make those decisions. Like I'm okay to do emails when I want to do them. I'm okay to like look at tweets when, but like, what your phone does is it just like yeah, obsesses you. It says, I do that. it says like, listen to me now. And yeah, it's, and I do your brain can't handle that many distractions in the same way as an entrepreneur. You're like, you have a million things on the go in your mind. You have to somehow like figure out how to take control of them and be like, they will happen on my whim and I'll order them. But so, I still struggle with it because I turn my phone on even. I go, okay, I'm going to just like have a little break on Twitter. But then I'm like, no, now I've spent an hour just staring at my phone. And the weird thing, I guess, is, like, we're talking from, like, a level of, like, I guess, privilege and that we have a successful company because I think a lot of being an entrepreneur is taking risks and not having it work, right? Like, we have, have a company that's over five years old, which I'm pretty – like, you always tell me, like, five years is, like, how Yeah, long? some uh, – we can look into this, but there's some stat that's, like, 80% of companies fail before five years. And then, then another eighty percent of those that were successful fail within the next. So five I think years. a lot of people will probably hear us talking and think like, "Oh, that's so lucky that they get to have like so much to do that the work's endless." Like, so I don't want to obviously right. sound like oh, I'm complaining. No, no, we should also talk about the good aspects of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, I love the freedom of I it. I don't have any. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Um, I think that. Okay, wait. The one thing I just want to say though that I have that you don't have, which is like what ruins a lot of it for me is imposter syndrome. So I think because I wanted to be a teacher and because all of this, I, and I still, I still feel like we got lucky and I feel like I didn't set my life up for this. Whereas I think of you as someone who, you know, who's like, you know, maybe anticipated it more, like maybe like, was more interested in even like be having a career a in the entertainment yeah. industry. Like mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. were always aware of this. Whereas, and I feel like I have legit imposter syndrome. I like, literally if someone were to be like do you deserve this i would be like no like do you think you earn this imposter syndrome is a real thing it's common amongst doctors and healthcare professionals and by definition it is characterized by chronic feelings of self-doubt and fear of being discovered as an intellectual fraud I didn't know much about imposter syndrome until recently when I started to talk to people about the way I was feeling about my job and my life. And they were like, I think you might have imposter syndrome. And it's a real thing. And it's it's damaging to people. And what it means essentially is that while I'm here at my job doing my work that many people probably perceive as like, wow, Greg, he's so successful and confident. Really, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, like, how did I get here? I don't deserve this. I'm a hack. A 1998 study found that among medical students, nursing students, and pharmacy students, 30% scored as imposters. Another study had 138 medical students complete a questionnaire, and it was found that female gender was significantly associated with imposter syndrome, with more than double the percentage of females displaying imposter syndrome than their male counterparts. Imposter syndrome is significantly associated with burnout, exhaustion, and causing people to quit. Imposter syndrome is very common amongst people in the medical field, and it's also common 
and amongst people who are creative professionals. So that kind of is like a double whammo for Mitch and I, because I guess we're creative professionals who also talk a lot about science and medicine. Imposter syndrome isn't just something that is experienced by people in the medical field or in creative professions. It's that feeling when you look at someone and you're like, wow, they're so successful because they're smart, they're hardworking, they're talented, and I could never be like that. And if I ever did get that success, it would only be out of sheer luck. There are ways to help combat imposter syndrome. One is to try to be less of a perfectionist. Look outside for approval less often and be able to make mistakes and be proud of them and know that you can learn from them. Also, when it comes to your job, this is something I like to do, is focus on why you are doing it. For me, I've always wanted to be a teacher. And so being here, the joy of education and educating people is something I'm passionate about. And if I can focus on that, I feel more proud and like less of, you know, someone suffering from this weird thing. And go to therapy to talk about it. Those who had spoke about imposter syndrome in therapy when asked to fill out a questionnaire appeared to have less self-doubt. And I know that's true for me. I didn't even know imposter syndrome was a word or a thing until I went to therapy and she was like, you know what? I think you might have this thing. And it's been really helpful just to identify it, to understand it, and to try and really, you know, fight within me to be like, Greg, you do... I can't even say it. I was like, Greg, you do deserve this. I was, okay, I don't even... I don't believe that. I'm still working on it. But just, like, allowing myself to be like, Greg, you know, you've worked really hard and you've done something amazing and it did involve luck. It did involve luck, though. It did. It always does. Oh, God. Of but course. you're so good at being like, when I have those moments, you're like, Greg, we did this. Yeah, no, but I also, I, there's levels, right? Like there's other people I see who are levels of obsessed with themselves and think that they're God's gift. And like, I, I don't want to get too political, but like people, it often is people who also like don't want to give tax money to back to their country and like don't want to like whatever. I'm like, no, I know I worked hard. I know we worked hard. I don't want to take that away because sometimes people are like, no, you have to appreciate yourself. Yeah. But I also think I can look at the moments that I'm like, we got a lucky break here. Yeah. We got an amazing experience that like just came to us and so it's a balance for me of like it couldn't have happened if I didn't work this hard but it also couldn't have happened if a bunch of weird things didn't line up the way they did and that is what I think can make someone a good entrepreneur and I hate when people are just like no I'm so successful because of everything I did it's like we're not saying or not it's just like you also drove on roads that were paid by tax dollars I don't know why I keep going back to tax dollars because some people just think they did everything on their own that's yeah why. no it's true well we live in a like time where that's kind of a discussion now mm-hmm but yeah, so I, that's an interesting thing, like imposter syndrome, because I think that's a defining trait of, not imposter syndrome, but like, to me, there's some people in this world that want to have the nine to five job. And then there's some people who like cannot functionally be managed. Like they, like myself. Yeah, like I, you can't be managed. Because I need to have, like. I want to be managed. <laughs> yeah. And I think those are honestly two types of brains oh or I don't know what. It's just like that. Wait, what are you having an opinion? I'm just like, well, fudge. <laughs> Did you just say fudge? Well, like, I don't know. I'm sweating. <laughs> no, it's really hot it's in here. true. So, like, I just feel like I do. I want to be managed. I love when someone says, do this task. I could do that task all day long. I'm such a but hard wouldn't worker. wouldn't you hit a wall of, like, well, now I want to, like, do something new and like, creative? maybe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm I speaking think that's from, my, yeah. Like, there's okay. times when I'm like, oh, my gosh. I wish I could just have someone tell me what to do from nine to five and then I could go home and not think about it at all. That's Some jobs do that, right? But uh, then I know I would also go crazy and be like, well, I want to, I want to do that. Like I want to take this project in my hands completely and not oh have anyone say what can happen. Like, okay, so I actually think, and I'm just like, 
I don't want that. I literally don't want that. I know that's, <laughs> well, that's what we're what doing. That's I know. And I think that's like my biggest issue with it. And like literally recently, like through therapy, like I finally was like, wait, am I a creative? Like for the first time in my life, I was like, maybe I'm a creative. And I said this to Sal and Chelsea recently, like on the couch. And we're they're like, we're sitting in an office where like you've done all the paintings. <laughs> like they were just like, what do you mean you're just figuring this out? So like, I'm not saying that I'm not happy now and I'm on this journey to like realize, oh my God, I'm actually so excited to have the freedom to work on projects, to try and write comedy, to try and write science communication and like do all this really crazy things with science, which is what we're doing. But I just like my body and like my whole core upbringing and my life, I feel it's like the idea of going to work and coming home and having hobbies and friends I just think if this never happened to me, I would be fulfilled. I, I don't think I would need that thing that now that I'm discovering about myself, I do love and think I'm that confused. I'm confused. You said you're creative. That is what we're but, doing. But I think I only, it took me this long to realize. I think if I'd never realized, I would, I didn't, I would have still been content. Do you know what oh, I mean? You're, you're saying like you are in a creative role, but you never quite realize that that is something you have in you. Yeah. And it's okay. like, I could have been a creative as a teacher. Like I'm, I know I'm a creative person and I just mean like the concept of a creative who literally like has a job based around their creativity was something I don't think I needed, but right. now that I have it, I'm like, okay, I'm like, it's not like I'm like failing at it or whatever. Do you think that, whereas the, you, I think like what? you would always wanted to be a creative. Yeah, you were built yeah, to, absolutely. You, or be an entrepreneur. You were built to be like that. I think that there is probably something like genetic about it. Ooh, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's genetics. <laughs> so a study that looked at the entrepreneurship in hundreds of pairs of twins, both identical, so sharing 100% of the same genes, and fraternal, sharing only 50% of the same genes. And what they found was that according to the data, identical twins have a much higher rate of shared entrepreneurial tendencies. Very, very cool. So does that mean that Mitch inherited his entrepreneurial spirit from his dad? Hold up a second. So the study actually found that females have a very strong genetic influence, but that males have zero genetic influence, but a strong environmental factor. So yeah, he still probably was influenced by his dad by seeing him do that work. But in terms of genetics, maybe not the case for guys. His sister Kim, however, yeah, the genes are probably there. Like, I do think that there's probably, like, I think that people get different kicks out of what, like, I just, okay, I'm going to talk real about because myself. Because your dad? Well, maybe because of my dad. You're right. Because it runs in my family. But I also mean, like, I think I do have an external loci of, um, what do you say? Like, I value myself based on how other people see me. Like, a lot of creatives do. Like, when you're a performer or you're an artist, like, you value your intrinsic worth based on, like, here's my thing. Do you like it? Do you like it? And that's it? a part of from an issue with our relationship. Yeah. Too. yeah uh, so, so that, but because of that, I think that, I think that maybe that's something intrinsic that I need that extra support. Or maybe I've been raised that way to appreciate, like, hey, you play piano really well. Like, good job. Like, we're so proud of you. You did well in school. Good job. We're so proud of you. And as a result, that makes me want to, like, make things, right? As opposed to just doing something else for someone else, it makes me want to go, like, what represents me? I need to put it in the world. And then I can only get approval when people like that thing. 
that like is wow. sad. No, I know that's no, sad. But. No, it's not that sad. It's true. It's so true for you too, though. Because even in our like what we're saying, the issues in our relationship is sometimes when I don't validate you because I'm such a critical person. Like when you do things, yes, honey, yeah. you are a critical person. <laughs> but in a, like, and I'm just like, just love me. I'm no, I good, do love you. I'm but lovable. I, I am I, lovable. <laughs> I know that, but I'm saying like I also. And something that, like, reason why I created and love ASAP Science. I love the idea of people being critical thinkers. I think that's so important in our life. Right. And I breathe and live that so much that, yeah, sometimes you're like, can you just stop? We talked about it on the podcast before. Can you stop being so critical of everything? And just say, <laughs> you're doing great. And just I say you're it. amazing, but this is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Exactly. And so I think you are built for that. And it makes sense that you would go into something where people are going to be like, you're doing so well. But then it, there's a slippery slope because of course, that's yeah, not going to happen I forever. But this is what I don't know. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, do I desire it? Do I do it because I desire it? Or like, I always wonder like, and is this field wrong for my mind because it also has the capacity to make me really sad and upset and like yeah. it's addictive if you don't get that affirmation like that that you're doing something good it actually hurts a lot so sometimes i'm yeah. like i maybe i'm putting myself through something that's too risky and having a more like not simplistic is the wrong way at word but like a simplistic job that doesn't that i can just kind of like fit into the box and not have to feel that pressure maybe that'd be better but then I'm also like, maybe no, this is so I've, good for I've you. I've been in other jobs like that and I'm yeah. actually like fully unsatisfied. It's so weird because I feel like literally what we're saying is that this job, this entrepreneurial job, this sort of entertainment industry job is so great. I think not great, but it's like built for you were built for it a bit more. I'm thinking right now, like, oh, God, like, I think I'm built for it now that I've been in it for long enough. But I think I do think being an entrepreneur me don't like e <laughs> well also but, i mean this might be another podcast all by itself but like we work together together i as hate a couple. That. i hate that so much it's a separate podcast i hate it so okay, much. okay we'll have a separate podcast on it but just to but touch we can on get it, into like, it it's, it's a, the worst it's really hard like i would love to find another couple and uh, i guess like like Casey Neistat has a podcast about that because like do they no work they don't work together oh, they just have a okay. podcast together to talk about their relationship because it's still hard yeah I just mean we live together we work together our whole business is a huge part of our life all of our friends are the same can we I have put a you lot on the spot? of the same okay yes because <laughs> you I think that you will not accept sometimes that we are in an extremely specific situation that causes challenges. And so sometimes when we fight, I'm like, this is very obvious to me. It's because we work together. But you will just be like, that's not the case. Okay. Okay. Put me on the spot. What do you, what's your question? You think I don't think that. Can you not tell me <laughs> to my face that a lot, if not all of the major issues. I'm like, okay. Our relationship, we have a very amazing, supportive, beautiful relationship. But the issues, the main ones come out of the fact that we work together. I'm not saying they don't. You, okay, well, thank you, no. <laughs> no, wait, okay. I want okay. you to, wait. <laughs> I just don't like when you only rely on that. Like, we can have a tough time, but work through it in a way that doesn't have to be problematic. Like, I don't like it just being a crutch that it's like, our stress from our job. Ugh, why is my voice cracking? Our stress from our job is causing the stress in a relationship. Of course it is. Of course it is. But at the same time, that doesn't mean we can't say like, we can't just blame everything on the job. When we have problems in a relationship, it's like the job might exacerbate it, but there's like maybe actual other things we should work on as well. That's maybe the reason why we don't see eye to eye. Cause I'm like, I don't think our job is the sole reason that brings every problem into our life. But Whereas granted, I kind of do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe you're right. Cause we we're so far from a normal relationship in terms of like, like we don't get to come home and say, how was your day? 
Like we were with each other all day. We try so hard in our relationship for people listening like that are going to ever be in a business with their partner. Don't do it. It's hard. Like it takes a lot because you're just like you you don't get time apart. The only <laughs> one thing that people have said is good is that because you don't because you don't have passive aggression towards each other because you're in a relationship, you can get a lot done. It's true. You're just honest. If, we're if honest. I disagree with something, I'm yeah. just like that. I don't want to do like, that. Exactly. And we are on the same page about a lot of things because we know each other so well. Right. But outside of that, I don't see that many benefits. Right. No, I, it definitely does put a big strain honestly, on Honestly, like, oh, like I could cry. I crave so much this idea of coming home and being like, how was your day? Like, what did you do? <laughs> like, oh, I can't even. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. It's okay, no, let's this, do like, that woozy. as a separate podcast. Like, uh, we'll wrap this up quickly, but like. Being an entrepreneur is hard no matter what. Even if one of us was, I in some ways that might be hard, like just as big of a challenge for the other person to understand the drive to build something and be like, I've got to travel, I've got to be away, I've have done unconditional, uh, untraditional hours. Like that also, like for a lot of artists, as an example, I think it's hard to date an artist because their lifestyle is sporadic. It's different jobs at different times in different places. Yeah, maybe working night shifts at bars, whatever. And I like, love and I and I'm saying like as someone who is an entrepreneur, I do love structure. I think the grass is always greener. And right now, I'm talking about how great it would be to be a teacher. And I know a lot of teachers would be like, "There's bureaucracy. It's right. a mess. It's so frustrating. It's a lot of work." But I'm also just saying they might think the grass is always greener. Being an entrepreneur, right? Is you amazing. get the flexibility yeah, to which do is like, what you want, which we do. And honestly. The grass is always greener. Yeah. So it is a it is a phrase that hopefully can just turn into like which It's so true. You just have to appreciate what you have. Yeah. You can never have it this all. This grass is green. It's we're really on green, green grass. grass. We're on green grass. We're on green grass. We are. That's nice to hear. Okay, but uh I quit. So great. <laughs> now we can go. <laughs> the home. grass is burnt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. I mean, last question. Do you think you'll do this? the rest of your life? Not necessarily this job, ASAP Science, but do you think you'll be in this field the rest so, of your life? So if you asked me this six months ago when I was going through something, I would say 100% no, I want to be a teacher in the fall. Mm -hmm. But I've had a change of heart. I've like figured out how to like sort of increase like philanthropy in my life, which sort of takes a little bit of the edge off because a part of me also just is the type of person who wants to be a teacher for selfish reasons to like feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not like, so I think that I've like figured out some things to make myself okay with doing this type of job. And for the first time, I'm like, maybe, but it I, it would have to be like in a different iteration. And I think I'm going to have a breaking point around 35 <laughs> and then <laughs> Well, you probably stop. want kids around then. So you can just like take care of kids. I don't know if I, <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God. I don't know. This is why sometimes people are like, as an entrepreneur, you need a five-year plan. I'm like, I don't even have a month plan. So Truly. I'm screwed. I'm not doing this properly. We're terrible entrepreneurs in that way. Like yeah. we don't, we don't forward think that much. Oh my God at all. That's what I mean by this being a bit of a shit storm. What about you? It is. Um, I will for sure be involved in the creative fields my whole life, I think. Uh, I don't know if it will be considered an entrepreneur, but I think... Wait, why are you smiling? Because... Oh my God. Okay, cool. I didn't, I don't know. I, just didn't I don't know, know what else I would do, to be honest. Like, that's where all my skill sets so lie. Like, like what, even Even if, next? like, I love video editing and stuff, like, that's all the creative field. Like, if I want yeah. to be ever a director or a visual effects artist, like, those are all creative fields that are very different than are what Are those we're doing things now. you do? Maybe, but I don't see the path to those things, but I don't know. Life is long. I'm like, I didn't know. Like we, we talk about not even knowing that we were going to be YouTubers. Like what else could possibly happen in the next five years? And I always things. feel like I'm ending every podcast with this, but I'm like, democracy is falling. So, <laughs> so who knows where we'll be. We might just be years. eating dandelions on a rock near a lake, just trying to survive. <sighs> in which case I think I'd be hey, good you at know that. what? Maybe we'd just be all happier anyway. 
Let's just go Easier into the wild. Easier said than done. Oh, oh, That's you mean, mean going into like, the wild? Go, like go regress mm. into like, you know, hunter gatherers. No, you know what? That life's not for me. Like when we're like, <laughs> is that boy berry poisonous? And then one of us, I'm dead. guinea pig, sure. dies. Or I think I'm we'll like, oh, I have it. to lift this rock. Arm broken. Dead. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't make it in the wild. Yeah. I know this. No, that is true. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay. I, I think it, we'll see where we are in the future. I'm excited to know. Life's crazy. It will always be crazy. But thank you guys for listening. Crazy. Bye. I just can't sleep. I don't sleep. No, oh. I do sleep. All right. Thank you guys for listening. If you want to talk to us about it, hashtag side note podcast. You can tweet us at Mitchell Moffat at Will Watch Me PLZ. And we will chat with you next time. Peace. Bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.